And so, four years ago, on March 18th, 2018, the numbers connect. On a Sunday, I was in my pajamas recording the first episode of this podcast. I didn't know where it was going to go. I think I only recorded the first part was like three minutes. And then I kept sporadically recording them throughout the day. And then realizing, oh, okay. Because I think I did something and and realized, oh, okay, you can go further. I think the, the limit was 60 minutes. Not 60 swinging minutes, but it was 60 minutes. And that was when I did the Dr. Zeus podcast. And then it became the Dr. Zeus film podcast. And that first episode, I entitled it Every Day is Like Sunday because it was Sunday. And also in honor of Morrissey's Every Day is Like Sunday. And so I'm going to connect that on the anniversary show because I'm a big Morrissey fan. I'm a big fan of the Smiths. But we're going to talk about that Simpsons episode and how I was watching it. My niece and nephew were there and I'm laughing. My niece doesn't realize what I'm laughing about. She's like, oh, it's kind of funny. And I'm like, no, no. One day you will understand if you ever listen to the music of Morrissey and the Smiths that their parent Morrissey was not happy about that. He was just not happy. But, you know, every day is like Sunday. Huh. And so we're going to talk about that um, in March because I don't want to think too much about it. It it is kind of nerve wracking to think, okay, because people have asked me, how far do you intend to go? Are are you ever going to stop? No. As busy as I would get, like when I was teaching or I was doing other things, I always found time to record. It's like working out. They say make time. And sometimes I have to squeeze that in there for health reasons. Um, As you can tell, I do not sound my best. And um, I've been taking Mucinex and... And there's a little bit of tightness, and it's not COVID. I checked. <laughs> I I know the symptoms of COVID, and I also know the symptoms of uh, <coughs> probably bronchitis. I don't. I've had bronchitis though before. Um, in fact, that was around this time four years ago. I was teaching, I was recording, and I remember I got really, really sick, and I would still record the show where I basically had no voice at all. And it sounded like Whitney Houston during that Diane Sawyer interview. It was kind of disturbing. And I remember, um, because I no longer teach for that company, because they would only give you so much, you could only be off for so many days. And I only got two days to get it together. And then when I went back to work, I could barely speak. And I'm thinking, then why are you having me go back if I can barely speak? I it was it was it was really bad. It was um um and I didn't go see the doctor. I should have, but I didn't. Um and so it took time for everything to return, shall we say. Now I do see the doctor when they need me. Um well, you know. But the film podcast I you know it 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 does it does enter my mind when I talk about people that I'm connected to through music and through film, whether it's George Harrison of the Beatles, whether it's the Beatles themselves or the Doors, or that one time I started to cry and I was talking about Omar Sharif and Dr. Zhivago because my grandmother just loved that film, Dr. Zhivago. 
or um, you know, just just certain things, certain things you talk about them, and you and you're like, yeah, I've been I've watched or listened to that my entire life, and and it, and it all, or as Tool says, I know why the pieces fit. And to talk about these films, you know, um, I, I, my intention also is to have more guests as we enter the fourth year and then beyond to have a panel and to discuss Igmar Bergman. I know some of you are like, oh my God, why? Because... <laughs> Yeah, I've noticed that everyone borrows from him. Some people steal from him, even Kubrick. I remember decades ago, huh, when I was considering becoming a filmmaker. I make like small ones now, you know, but for social media. And someone, it was probably my cousin who said, "Why don't you remake Clockwork Orange?" And I looked at him and I said, "Why the fuck would I do that?" Well, that's what everyone's doing. I said, yeah, but why would I touch that? That's stupid and idiotic for anyone to even, I mean, you could parody it just like the seventh seal has been parodied beyond, I mean, goodness. But yeah, there's just certain things you just don't touch. You just don't. Like I remember years ago read that they were going to remake Rebel Without a Cause and I thought, Why? What's the point? Why? So there, there are moments like that and opinions and um, uh, and I've been on other podcasts. I've been on the Creatures of the Night and I've talked to Shit Happens When You Party Naked. I don't think I've been on the show there yet. I've, I've written in. Um, and then that right there, you know, Creatures, they talk about conspiracy theories and... It's not that I'm against conspiracy theories. I'm just kind of like, okay. I I understand it. They're great campfire stories. Um, but it's kind of different. And I've said this before, even though this is a film podcast, realistically, when you're the child of a veteran and then you're the grandchild of two veterans, okay, Second World War, Korean War, Vietnam, it's all in there. And when you when you kind of approach them about these conspiracy theories and they're like, you know that's a load of bullshit. And there are certain things that we can't tell you that are classified. So like when I talk about films, there are films about conspiracy theories. There's a film called Conspiracy Theory. I saw it once. It was interesting. Was Mel Gibson and Julia Roberts? Yeah, interesting. That's what I will say. Interesting, and it, it's it's it, like I said. Uh, there's that Area Fifty One. Well, all I can say is that's classified <laughs> because out of respect. That's the other thing. This is a respectful place. This is a this is a safe space, and I maintain that in this crazy world of people taking others' quotations and their ideas and making fun of them and ridiculing them and going after them for their race, their gender, their orientation, their politics. Uh, 
people who go after you for being vaccinated. I am vaccinated, whatever. And I love when people go after me for that. And you know what? I want to live. Susan Hayward so famously said in that fucking film, I want to live. Okay. And also, my get out of jail free card right there is, and I know people are tired of me saying this, I'm the child of a scientist. Okay. I learned about science when I was very young. Very, very, very young. I probably was about three or four. I remember my father taking us fishing and then he showed me how you prepare the fish. I ran away because it scared the crap out of me. He cut the fish open, probably because he thought I was going to be a doctor. It didn't happen. And showed me the eggs. And I thought, oh my goodness. So we're going to dive into that after these messages. Good evening and welcome to the Dr. Zeus film podcast. Sometimes you make plans and they don't turn out that way. I had planned to go to the theater a couple days ago to go see Lady Sings the Blues because it was the 50th anniversary. But then I thought I could watch it digitally because I've seen the people versus or the United States. Was it the the people versus Billie Holiday where Audra Day played Billie Holiday That was so searing and visceral and really in your face. I mean, it was, you know, I'm not taking anything away from Diana Ross's performance. And Diana Ross, you know, she earned an Oscar for it, an Oscar nomination. And then she later gave gave back and inducted Billie Holiday into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2000. Early Influences. And she started off by singing Strange Fruit. And that takes us to the people versus... Is it the people or the United States versus Billie Holiday? Where it's about Strange Fruit. And whenever she would perform that song, they would arrest her. Because the FBI and DEA were like, she's a drug addict, we need to, we need to get something against her. Because she can't perform that song. Because of the message... That was in Strange Fruit. Lyrically, I mean, think about it. It is a civil rights. It's a civil rights song. It's a battle cry. It's saying this is what's going on um, in the South. And that's why it was called Strange Fruit. Now, Audra Day's performance, I watched it a year ago. That, like I said earlier, that was, woo. And, and uh, I've only seen bits and pieces of, of uh, Diana Ross's performance as Billie Holiday. That's a legendary thing because I've done shows before where we talk about the 1972 Oscars. You know, you've got Godfather, you've got Cabaret, you've got Sounder. <coughs> and then you have the fact that for the first time ever, you had Cicely Tyson... Diana Ross and Paul Winfield all nominated in the lead categories. That has never happened since. The only time that happened was when Denzel Washington and Halle Berry both won 20 or 30 30 years later 
2002. And then, what was it? 40 or 50 years later. No, 49 years later. (laughs) I'm on medication right now. I have, as you can tell my voice, I'm still, the mucus, I'm still trying to get rid of it. But I persevere and I do this show on a walk. Um, so at the 2000 or 2021 Oscars, you had two lead actresses of color in the lead. That hadn't been, that hadn't happened since, um, 1972. You had Audrey Day. And then you had Viola Davis. And then in acting or an actor, you had Chadwick Boseman. But that was like a posthumous. And my issue with the posthumous things is I I understand that you are rewarding their body of work and that performance. You think of Peter Finch. Peter Finch won the Oscar. He had died right before... Uh, same thing with uh, Heath Ledger. He dies. Dark Knight comes out. He wins the Oscar. And so with Chadwick Boseman, and I've been very honest about Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. I watched it. I didn't enjoy his performance. Nothing against him. And I think he was a prolific actor. I thought he should at least be nominated for playing Jackie Robinson. And maybe I have to go back and rewatch Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Maybe. Um, but I had seen someone post something about a film, and I'm going to go back and research it. The only film that Billie Holiday ever appeared in. And yet, so many people have played Billie Holiday. Billie Holiday, first of all, that wasn't her real name. Her real name was Eleanor Fagan. She took the name Billie Holiday from the actress Billie Dove. Okay. The same, the same with um, Nina Simone. Nina Simone's real name was Eunice Wayman. And she took the name Simone from Simone Singre. French actress, Room at the Top, Ship of Fools, Oscar-winning actress. And that, that says something is that, you know, your stage name is going to be Nina Simone. And then she's going to sing in French. So it is, come on. There have been films made about even Nina Simone. There's the documentary, What Happened, Miss Simone. I am waiting for a very more authentic film about where someone plays Nina Simone. Nina Simone... And Billie Holiday, you know, it was about the voice. They had these distinct voices. You know, Billie Holiday had that distinct voice where uh, one Broadway actress, um, Audra McDonald, who played her on Broadway, she won a Tony for playing Billie Holiday. She said she almost sounded like a cat when she sang. And then Nina Simone and the people that she influenced, such as Janis Joplin and 
Erica Badu and Maynard James Keenan of Tool. <sighs> yeah. So I'm going to collect my thoughts of the Dr. Zeus film podcast. I'm going to look over some more notation and we will return to talk about Billie Holiday. The people who have portrayed her in film and that legacy in terms of what, what it does to commemorate that memory of Billie Holiday. Billie Holiday, I mean, come on. She's been gone for 60-something years. So we'll return. Dr. Zeus Film Podcast coming up. so we're back Dr. Zeus Film Podcast just to briefly talk about Lady Sings the Blues which was directed by uh, Sidney J. Fury in 1972 now the Billie Holiday People versus Billie Holiday was directed by Mr. um Lee Daniels. So Lee Lee Daniels is such a prolific uh, director and did everything from Precious and um, The Butler. I mean, I'm whatever Lee Daniels does. I mean, it it it's amazing. It truly is amazing. Was born December twenty fourth, nineteen fifty nine. Oh, sixty two years old. <laughs> okay, thank you. But I guess the watch the watch is is trying to keep up with me because I'm really just under the weather uh, recording this show and so you know we'll dive more into the people who have played Billie Holiday I mean I do know that there are members of the family or the estate that safely guard Billie Holiday's image so when someone plays her they, they better be good and Diana Ross's performance, like I said, earned her an Oscar nomination. She didn't win. There was some heat to that, mainly on Barry Gordy's end, because supposedly someone connected with the film took out an ad against Liza Minnelli and said, do not vote for her because of who her parents are. Yeah. Um, But last year... We, there was almost another chance. Audrey Day. Audrey Day or Andrew Day. Audrey Day. Had she won, she would have been the second black actress since Halle Berry. So we're going to have to wait 21 years or maybe 30 years for the next. So um, I, I will say that watching Audrey Day's performance as Billie Holiday was sublime. She really, she really earned that nomination, and I and I thought she would actually win. She didn't win, but awards aside, the lasting impression of Diana Ross playing Billie Holiday and Audrey Day playing Billie Holiday will forever stay with them and cement them. You know, that's a, those are legendary performances, and when. 
um, as I said earlier, when Diana Ross inducted Billie Holiday into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame under early influences, she sang Strange Fruit. Acapella. If you want to learn more about Billie Holiday, I'm going to do some more research and do a show on her. I mean, well, we can't play the music. Much has been said about Billie Holiday and what, you know, the drug use and what happened and her voice. If you go and you listen to the earlier recordings of Billie Holiday, okay? God bless child, solitude, lover man. And then you go to the later recordings. There, There is a feeling and there's a vibe in those recordings that you don't get with the early recordings because you hear everything that Billie Holiday ever went through in her life when she's singing on the Lady in Satin album, which is such a beautiful album. She even sang a song written by Mr. Frank Sinatra, who was her contemporary. Frank Sinatra often said, Billie Holiday was the best singer of us. That's saying something. The chairman of the board. I mean, he later went on to say, Tony Bennett has it. And and when Sinatra passes you that, that baton, you take it. And um, it's sad that Billie Holiday didn't get to live... In fact, um, Billie Holiday was good friends of Tony Bennett and Dr. Maya Angelou and um, but did not have a good ending. And these performances in the film show that, especially Diana Ross as Billie Holiday and then Audrey Day as Billie Holiday. So it was always unpleasant dreams. <laughs> 